And then my final tip would be to carve out a wedding window for the planning. And what I mean by that is Tom and I found it really useful to carve out a time, whether it was weekly or fortnightly, a time and then stick to it. So we would bring our work to the table. And what I mean by work is our research and our emails and our quotes and things like that, our ideas. And that's where we would make a lot of our decisions. And we enjoyed it over a glass of champagne to make sure that we were keeping it fun and and still being really excited about it and not overwhelmed by it all. Hi, and welcome to the Unveiled podcast, debunking wedding planning all the way to I do. As a photographer and videographer in the industry, we're asked daily as to where to start when it comes to planning your big day. So allow us to help you make the planning process as seamless as possible. Consider Unveiled your little black book of weddings, packed full of insight from industry experts, do's and don'ts from couples who have tied the knot, plus an abundance of info on your most requested topics. I'm Lucy, founder and wedding photographer at Lucy Weddings, and I'm here with wedding videographer and my soon-to-be husband, Eddie Blake. Hey, Luce. Can you believe we've almost wrapped up season one of Unveiled? No, I cannot believe it. it. I feel like it's gone so fast. I can't believe this is episode 19. It's been great so far, though. feel like we've taken as much from it as probably all of our listeners have. 100%. It's been a good journey. So to show our thanks, we're going to be doing a giveaway this week. It's going to run for couple of weeks or up until we sort of wrap everything up we're going to be giving away a free engagement shoot to one of our listeners which is exciting we'll be releasing a little bit more info on how to enter this later in the week so just keep an eye out for that so today's bride I would say Ed would probably give you a run for your money on all things NRL. Yeah, maybe just. Cue today's guest, the lovely Hannah Hollis, who many of you may know as one of Fox League's presenters. Hannah and her partner Tom both grew up in Canberra and after their first trip away together, having stayed at the Wow Beach venue Jonas, they knew that that was exactly where they wanted to tie the knot. So I'm looking forward to recapping this one. Hey Hannah, how are you? Hi, good mate. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Hi, oh, Hannah. that's good. Hi, Luz. Thanks so much for jumping on today, Han. Let's start with, can you give us a little bit of insight how Tommy popped the question? Oh my gosh. So it's uh, he was certainly going for the element of surprise with this one. It was in the lead up to the week of the grand final, the NRL grand final back in 2018. And, you know, for me, that's that's what I've been working for, like the entire season and everyone's got their game face on. So the Sunday before the grand final or like in the week leading into it, it was like it was a drizzly, rainy afternoon. And Tom's like, hey, should we go for a walk? I was like, what? No. <laughs> like now, like I'm about to cook dinner and, you know, like we were really easing into like the evening and he's like, no, let's, let's pop up to, um, up towards like Dover Heights and go for a stroll. And I was like, oh, all right. So, you know, put on your gym gear and hoodie and everything and go out to brave the elements. And we were just walking up near Diamond Bay Reserve for people that know the East at all uh, in Sydney, beautiful sort of cliffs. And we were walking along and I just remember I I wasn't I didn't pick it I didn't think anything was up at the time but it in hindsight I thought it's weird that he wants to go for a walk on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon and he was a bit jittery and he couldn't park the car like as you know seamlessly as he, as he usually does and the chat was really surface level I just felt like he was like so like 
<laughs> what are you up to? And I just was like, what's going on? And obviously <laughs> all of that dawned on me afterwards. Um, but yeah, I was kind of just surviving the rain at that point. So I started to charge off towards the end of the walk. I was like, right, I'll meet you back at the car, um, wanting to get in and, you know, find some refuge from from the elements. And he let me go. And then he um, he called out my name and I turned around and he was down on one knee. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. And of course, symbolically, you know what someone being down on one knee means and <laughs> you know we'd had those discussions and decided long ago that we were going to spend that we wanted to spend the rest of our, of our lives together but when it happens in that moment it still takes your breath away even though you think you're prepared for it uh, so true yeah and I was like oh my gosh and I kind of and then I was very aware at how open and like how we were just in public and no one was around, but I suddenly just became incorrect. I just felt really exposed. And so I like ran over and I was like, oh my gosh. Um, yeah. And then we yeah. had, you know, kiss and a cuddle and I said, yes. And then we sat on the bench and spoke about it for a while. And just, you know, cause it's the thing that I find funny and amazing about engagements is that the blokes, the blokes often, or whoever's proposing has reconciled in their minds long before they pop the question that they're going to pop the question. Yeah. They get the ring made or they're budgeting <laughs> X, Y, Z. Whereas when you're the person at the other end and you're being asked, you are playing catch up a little bit. So Tom was like, yeah, this is great. We're going to get married. And I was still like, I can't believe what's just happened. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so how much time did you guys give yourselves to plan the wedding? So um, between getting engaged and then getting married was about 14 months. So we got engaged, like to keep it simple, we got engaged in September 2018 and married in November 2019. And because of the big America trip that we did, we really, we made a conscious decision before we left for that trip to just really enjoy it, not really think about the wedding and just deal with that when we got home, mm. uh, but not wanting to leave it too long because with my work, and, and I mean, everyone has busy jobs um, for sure. And what I do is quite seasonal. So it is an on and off switch um, is kind of how I describe it. So I was keen to get some wheels in motion by March uh, and get a venue at least locked in because that's when my schedule gets um, pretty crazy and I wouldn't be able to travel around New South Wales on the weekends um, to look at venues because that's when I would be working. So yeah. we were able to do that fairly early on. Uh, and then I think, you know, brides brides that have been married and brides that will be getting married will realise that you do things in chunks. You kind of do some big ticket items up front and then you can't really do much and then you you tap back in and you do another section of, of you know, you tick those items off your list and then, you know, once you get closer and closer to the wedding, there's more stuff to do. Yeah. Um, but you just can't. I thought you could just do it all at once. I was like, great, we'll have all of this locked in before <laughs> round one of the NRL season and we will be so organised. But that's just not the way That's not, not, not the way vendors work. They want to, you know, chat to you and have like a couple of meetings or you're talking flowers. And I was like, oh, gosh, okay, <laughs> like, this is, yeah, we'll, we'll have like several face-to-face -face chats before um, we actually get to, we get to the wedding day. Yeah, there also ends up being more than what you kind of preempt I think too it's like you start the planning and it's like oh my god Do, like obviously depending on where you choose to get married it's like mm. I didn't didn't think of that didn't think of that oh yeah I've got to do that and that and that <laughs> list goes on and you guys tied the the knot at Jonah's in Whale Beach did you what got you across the line with this venue was this always at the front of mind 
We loved it. We've always loved Jonah's. Um, neither of us are from Sydney, but it was special for us because it was our first trip away together as a couple many years ago. We were just dating and it was Tom's birthday. So we went up there for a couple of days. And I remember we were having it was lunch or dinner, or maybe even breakfast, actually. And we were looking out, we're in the restaurant and we were looking out over the grass and they were setting up for a wedding. And we were like, gosh, what a, like, they must do weddings here. Um, you know, we're in, in our like early to mid 20s. You're not really thinking about that stuff. Certainly we weren't. Um, but we just were like, oh, what a, what a spectacular spot that would be. And, you know, we had an amazing time. So then when we got engaged, we were both thinking without verbalizing it to each other that Jonah's was a real front runner and it would take something pretty special and spectacular to trumpet um, which put us in a great position because we started there and we did a bit of I don't know if you call it like due diligence but we looked at some other venues around the northern beaches just to make sure that we were really happy with Jonah's and there wasn't something else that we might like the look of but in addition to just how beautiful it was we wanted a location again, because we're not from here, we wanted a location that allowed our guests to choose if they wanted to make it a weekend away or they could just come for the night and head home. Because as amazing as destination weddings are, we've been to so many and we have loved every one of them. I can understand it can be a pretty tricky one for some couples or some families. If you have young kids, it can be tough to navigate uh, looking for babysitters in different parts of New South Wales, Australia or overseas. So we wanted to grant the freedom I guess, to our guests to choose their own adventure. And I mean, overwhelmingly, a bunch of them decided to make a weekend out of it, which was really fun. And we were able to hang out with them for most of the week, for the most of the weekend. But it also just gave the opportunity to those that, you know, couldn't quite manage it or, or, or take on a whole weekend away. Mm. They were able to just come for the night. So that kind of, that was really suited to us, I think. Yeah, Whale Beach does seem like you're, you're escaping a little bit. Yeah, it feels bit. like if, a holiday for us even. Yeah, if a lot of your guests were, <laughs> say, from the east, it actually is quite a journey and it's nice mm. and quiet and just sort of has that holiday feel up yeah, that far north of the beaches. Yeah, you don't have to go that far to feel like you're out of Sydney and out of the hustle and bustle. And as you said, like the folk in the east, they pack their passports and over the bridge you went. <laughs> yeah, so. That's so true. <laughs> it's been two years on the 9th of November crazy does it feel like it's it's been two years I mean it doesn't because I mean to be honest we haven't done much in that time the country yeah. and the world has been going through yeah like, we went into oh, shutdown <laughs> right so we got we um, you know throughout COVID we've had friends I'm sure you guys have as well that have had to postpone their weddings and so much of your business would have had to have been rescheduled in the wake of this you know coronavirus taking over so we were just reflecting um, recently, actually, in anticipation of two years, thinking, wow, like we got in at the end of 2019, managed to squeeze in a honeymoon and came back and there was bushfires straight into COVID mm. and we haven't really left the country since, yeah. um, well, nor have we done what we thought we would have in that space. So, yeah, it's really flown. Are you going to be celebrating in any particular way? We are. We're actually, we've um, been invited to the James Bond No Time to Die premiere, which oh, is on Tuesday. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll be heading along to that. So Tommy will be able to dust off his tux, which is quite fitting. Uh, <laughs> oh, perfect yeah, way to celebrate. He, he did look quite Bond-like on his wedding day, actually. <laughs> yeah, and do you know why, Ed? It's because, uh, was I mean, I think everyone can agree, like James Bond is the epitome of style and class and, you yeah. know, overall badass boss vibes. Um, but Tommy's tux was actually 
this midnight blue colour, which is apparently darker than black, or so, um, or so they say. But it, the inspiration came from Skyfall, which was one of the Daniel Craig, James Bonds, and yeah. a scene in the Macau Casino. Uh, and you know, James Bond enthusiasts might remember it's um, it's when he ends up falling into this pit where the like Kyoto dragons are, and he's trying to fight the bad guys. And he's got this incredible suit on, and Tom went and got a suit just like it made for our <laughs> wedding. So it's really I fitting. love that. <laughs> well, he he definitely rocked it. Yeah, he looked great. So, when you were planning your wedding, what were the most important elements to you both? So it's, I mean, the wild thing about planning a wedding is suddenly, I think, it's certainly in our case, you're confronted with all of these decisions and all of these options, and you have no experience in this space. I certainly didn't. Um, and I thought, right, okay, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if it's sustainable for me to give all of these decisions and options the same energy, time and budget. I just thought that wasn't going to work for us. We'd end up going bananas. So we sat down and we decided to focus on four areas that were important to us and they became what we were terming throughout the process of our wedding planning as our pillars. And that's where we wanted to invest our money. So when we were trying to come up with our pillars we were like right what have we remembered from our friends weddings because that's what you want if people are going to remember something you want it to last in their mind or they've remembered it for a good reason Mm. i mean gosh you hope it's for a good reason (laughs) Um, and so where we landed was uh the venue then food and drinks music and then the photos and videos for us um kind of underpinned all of that so Mm. in addition to why we picked jonah's in terms of it being really special to us and feeling like it was so far away and still a bit of a getaway, it allowed us to get creative with the flowers, for example, and maybe save some money in that space because the view was so beautiful. We didn't need much to really complement it. So there were ways that we could maybe offset one of our costs in the flowers. Like that was still beautiful and Holly from the Northern Beaches was a delight to work with and she did a great job, but we didn't need to have a big hanging installation or a Mm. big you know, like attention grabbing piece because we had this incredible ocean um, and sort of whale beach Mm. vista to work with. Um, And with the food and drinks, I think most of our time we actually spent in that department working out what exactly we wanted. And we worked with Jonas pretty closely and they have a beautiful restaurant there. Um, They're known for their food. So we were really comfortable trusting them. And we went up and had a tasting and yeah, I mean, it was, I think, apart from the wedding day, it was Tom's favourite part of the event because he was <laughs> like, we get to go up and try all of the menu. That's just the best ever. Yeah, it is. Uh, And then we invested time into the drinks as well. And, you know, beca- because we had decided that we wanted a particular French champagne and a particular wine from New Zealand from a mm. winery that was special to us. So, we yeah, we spent time, energy, budget um, looking at that, but tried to offset it um, with things like the wedding cake that we weren't that Neither of us were really fussed on the wedding cake, but our parents um, really wanted that, I guess, touch of tradition. And we were fine with that. So I got a few quotes and people wanted to charge $1,000 for a wedding cake for 70 people. And I just thought that's, you know, I I don't, I can't get on board with that. So Mm. I went up to the bakery up the road and said, we need a cake for 70 people. Let's round it up to 80. Um, Can you make one for us? And they did it for like 150 bucks. And it was a delicious cake and we had the two-tier, Eddie, you'll probably remember, it was a two-tiered mm. cake, but we actually brought like a stunt cake with us. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so we that had terminology. Like, yeah, <laughs> so we had the two-tiered cake, which was the stunt cake, sorry, and we would cut that for the photo 
Um, and then we had like another cake out the back for volume. So oh, we were able right. to like feed all of the guests. That's and that was clever. a way. That's yeah, a that really a... clever idea. Yeah. It's like a mm. hack. It's cake it's hack. It's a hack. Yeah, it's a little yeah. tip or trick. You don't have to have, if you do, you know, particularly for the brides and grooms that have weddings of 150 or 200 people, like the cake's going to be enormous and that probably bumps up the price as well. So, yeah. I mean, and if a cake isn't that important to you, but you're doing it because you would like to do that for your family or, you know, you would like the photo, you know, there are, there are, I feel like there are clever ways that you can trick it and have a smaller cake for the photo and the memory and then have like the big heavy duty stuff out the back in the kitchen getting cut up and put onto everyone's plates. Absolutely. Yeah. We've just yeah. pulled up a photo of your cake and it actually it's gorgeous. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't look like it's just been done by a bakery up no. the street. No. Yeah, they did it's a beautiful. beautiful job. And mm. you're so right. The um the cake is there for the visual and then often as soon as you cut it, the staff will take it away and just go cut it up and then you'll never see it in that sort of <laughs> exactly. Everyone sees it cut up, doesn't know That's anything. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And, I you know, that. some people love the cake to eat as a guest. Other people, you know, are too busy, you know, gobbling up the champagne. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> Your desk to... got pretty wild. They're probably too busy on that. That's right. Yeah. So we, um, yeah, we tried to sort of save where we could so we could invest our time into some of those pillars. And then music, of course, was a big one for obvious reasons. Like it brings any event, party, celebration to life. Um, and so Tom did a lot of the heavy lifting, finding our band. Uh, and then underpinning all of that is the photos and videos that we have from the day and photos capture they capture the in-between moments that are so special and what you did, Eddie, was incredible. Um, and then just when we thought it couldn't get any better, you sent us our video and that was that was the emotion of the day. Like that captured mm. the sparkle, it captured the magic and the feedback we got from our friends and family when we sent it around to them was that like that's, if that's all you have from your day to remember it in those several minutes, I mean, you're laughing because... You had the speeches, you had the energy, and you had everything that brings down the house. So yeah, that was okay. um, there are big ticket items that we were happy to focus focus our energy on. Oh, thanks, Hannah. A moment came to me then, and um, Tom must have prepped hard for his speech because he actually blew it out <laughs> of the water. Um, can you just give us a quick little snippet, or just explain because I'm not going to be able to do it justice. But he, he kind of um, went down the Fox Sports. Route and did what, the he, hilarious he didn't make fun speech. of you, did he? No, 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 it didn't make fun, but how, no. how would you describe what he did, Hannah? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I feel like he was very tongue-in-cheek to begin with. So, Luce, like I, I work at Fox Sports and yeah. we have like our theme song for our channel. It's in rugby league and um, people that watch footy will know it immediately. But what Tom did was he started his speech, was like, hi, everyone, thanks for coming, and he was just, you know, Tom Lee as normal. And then... <laughs> He was like, oh, hang on a sec, sorry. Um, I just don't think I'm going to be able to communicate with you properly. Let let me deliver this in a way that most of you will understand because there was a proportion of the room, like, were my colleagues from, yeah. from like, football land. And so he turns around to our muso and he prepped him before and he kind of said, like, you know, hit play and then the muso played our theme song and Tom <laughs> and Tom got this mic cube to put over the like just the standard black microphone and it had Fox League written on it 
And then Tom's there pretending to have an earpiece in his ear being like, hello and welcome, thanks for joining us. <laughs> and then he delivered his speech basically by going, like, let's take a look at the team lineups today. Like, this is the bride lineup, this is the groom lineup, and oh, and went clever. around and gave shout-outs to different people and delivered it, like, without fault, exactly how we do it at work. And I was, I was completely blown away. I didn't expect him... Um, I did not expect him to do that, and it was just a very clever way of um, looping together what I do. What I do. That is so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like a backhanded compliment almost. I was just amazed by. I was like, surely he's practiced this a hundred times because he nailed it. And yeah. I was laughing my head off while yeah. I was trying yeah. to film. So your background, <laughs> Hannah, is obviously in media. So can you share any advice for future brides on how to combat the nerves when public speaking? Yeah. So, I mean, if there are brides that are on the fence about speaking on your wedding day, I please do it. I would totally urge you to lean into it. There is no safer space than in that room with a curated guest list of loved ones. Everyone is there to celebrate you and your partner, um, and you just you just might regret it if you don't. But if you're looking for a tip or a trick to help you feel comfortable, write it in advance. Run through it a couple of times as well at home, just so you're familiar with the words and with the flow of where you're going. And if it's going to help you feel comfortable, take notes up there with you to the lectern. I did, and I, I work in television. I'm comfortable addressing groups of people, and you know, there's no shame in that. And what I do at work to, to calm my nerves, which is what I'm happy to share with anyone listening who's thinking, gosh, you know, how do I just get the first few words out? My, the barometer that tells me if I've got this is nailing the first words or the first sentence of whatever I'm delivering. So in the case of our wedding day, it was my speech um, because the first few words of any oration can be the most important and powerful that people hear. Uh, then like you want to start strong, you want to finish strong as well. And then really, if you stuff up the middle, no one's, no one's going to notice. <laughs> but so I true. remember in the room when I was going over my speech, I just thought, okay, if I can nail the first paragraph or, you know, the first sentence, that'll completely, um, reassure me that I know what I'm doing and I know who I'm talking to, which is my husband to be and well, my husband officially and, a room full of our friends and family. So I think if you can feel comfortable getting out those first few words, it'll it'll do a lot to appease the sort of, you know, stomach crunching like nausea that you're probably <laughs> that you're probably feeling. Um but pl- but please do it. It just you just might regret it if you don't and it's really special. And then the buzz that you get afterwards. If you are nervous doing it, you'll get this rush of adrenaline at the end and you know, what better feeling to have on your wedding night? Yeah. How did you go with the emotions, Han? Because usually, obviously, like, you know, speaking on TV and doing your job and talking about footy and all of that kind of stuff is one thing, but did you, did they take over at all, the emotions of the wedding Yeah, day? I, I feel like as Eddie showed you all the blubbering photos of me, like just oh, as a mess. I have seen them. Oh, Luz, I I'll was. Have to, I'll have to go through your gallery. I've, ha- I've had a bit of a skim, but I'll have to go through and have a thorough look. It was, oh my gosh, yeah, the emotion totally got me. I was so certain it wouldn't because I'm used to, yeah, like I'm, I'm used to, I'm used to people looking or any of that. But what was so different was that I didn't have the armor on that I usually would have in terms of, you know, I wasn't doing my job. So I wasn't Hannah Hollis journalist host. I was Hannah Hollis the person and everyone was here for Tom and I here yeah. being at Jonah's and I just, 
I, I we walked out onto the ledge and I was about to walk down the stairs with my dad and I saw everyone and I saw Tom and it just you know we we had international guests flying across from the other side of the world and people making the effort and everyone dressed up and looked so beautiful and you know in that moment sometimes you feel it was just an an overwhelming sensation of love I guess and I was like I can't believe everyone's done this for us like that's yeah. so special and how lucky we are to call these 70 people like our nearest and dearest so yeah that all kind of overtook and then I had my flowers in one hand and like dad's arm in the other and I was just like sobbing and I was like oh I'm, I'm doing the ugly cry face oh god this, this veil isn't like opaque enough like enough. Still, people can still see me oh god but well then, you yeah, looked we got to the end. absolutely gorgeous and on that your gown that you wore by Jay Andretta it just looks so you look so beautiful did you try on any other gowns prior to settling for that one Oh, thanks, Luce. Uh, yeah, I did. I actually tried on heaps and I really wasn't sure. I just wasn't sure what I wanted. Um, and I'm so, I'm certain that's something that so many brides have had to confront. Some are really lucky and try the first one on and love it and lock it in and, and away they go. I didn't have that experience and I, I did get quite disheartened by it um, just as time went on. And Tom was mm. like, have you got a dress yet? And I was like, I don't. And I don't I don't really know why. Like a lot of things looked nice, but I think I had this build up in my mind and, you know, probably because I let the voice in my head of, of when people be like, oh, Hannah, you'll know the one, you know, capital T, capital O. Like I was like, okay, mm. I guess I'll just have this overwhelming sensation that like this is the perfect fit and like, you know, then it'll be the perfect fairy tale. So I was really struggling and I guess because I get – with what I do at work, we wear a lot of beautiful dresses for our awards. So I didn't want something that could be part of that world. I really wanted something, I guess, bridal um, without without being bridal. So that would have been a terrible brief for these like <laughs> I was like, yeah, I want a bridal dress, but like I don't want it too bridal. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Love that. They would have been like, oh god. This, I I so know world. what you mean though. So. A girlfriend recommended I go see Jess because I think she'd she'd only like newly opened after kind of honing her craft elsewhere and then going out on her own. And I loved her stuff that I saw online. So when I went in to meet her, she was so friendly and kind. And we tried on a few options and I was like, okay, this is more my speed. I'm feeling like I can be myself, but I can also have that bridal um, element that I've been chasing. And we kind of talked about mixing and matching and trying different options, but certainly I tried on one of her dresses, which is, which is what I ended up going with. Like particularly the skirt was exactly the same as the dress that I tried on, but it had this beautiful, like ethereal kind of flowiness to it with this French lace um, on top, which just was stunning. And then picturing it at Jonah's just really fit, I think at sunset and I could, I could see it all coming together. And then we tried on a few top options because uh, I wanted to kind of make it a bit more me uh, and then ha- have it different to some of the other w- girls that had worn her dress or like that style. So um, it was very similar to some of the other ones and other brides, but we kind of tweaked it just to make it a little bit more, I suppose, custom or unique to kind of feel like it's sort of made for you. Once I had it on, I, I did have that feeling of like, okay, this is this feels right. This feels like the dress that I want to start my life with Tom in and, you know, they, Jess was so wonderful to work with and she was just really conscious that she was creating something that's part of our life. It's not just any other dress that, you know, the 
the experience of building something with the bride can be quite an intimate experience. That might sound a bit funny, but that's certainly how I felt because you're kind of inviting someone into your life. That's how I felt with Ed, like you and your team too, when you Mm. guys came in, like it it can be an intimate moment when you're in the bridal suite getting ready or you go down to the groom, groomsmen where they're cracking the beers and having a good Mm -hmm. time. Like Mm. you got to have the right energy for that. Definitely. I was going to say, do you have any kind of like words of encouragement to those girls who are struggling to find their, you know, the one, the, the dress? One, for sure. Like- Instagram can be such a beautiful place for inspiration, but it, it can be, it can be really challenging because I feel like it's so tempting to compare ourselves and looking at competition or having a certain idea for what the dress should look like or, you know, society's expectation of what bridal is. But I feel like you've got to keep the faith that you know you'll find something and it's not really about the dress that you wear. It's about what you're doing and the vows that you're making and, and sort of that step you're taking with your husband um, or you know, your life partner. Um, but it is a fun time as well, so enjoy it. So I mean, yeah, I would just say keep the faith keep looking, um, try things you don't think you'll like because you may actually like it. It might sit differently on your body compared to a picture. Um, But also don't be afraid to wear something different or break tradition if you're open to that. Like suits are so beautiful or a shorter dress, you know, really make it whatever you want to and don't feel like you need to conform because that's what you think society expects or if that's what you think a bride should look like or that's the hair they should have Um, because it's your day and it should just be about you being you being you yeah well said Han so you have a little bit of aboriginal heritage Han Mm. how did did you manage to tie in any cultural elements into the day yeah I I was really conscious of that and when I raised it with my family my mum my mum was all over it Uh, so in the ceremony, my mum gave Tom and I a blessing and included my family ancestors who were there with us in spirit. And she called upon that beautiful energy and did so in front of all the guests. And, you know, my mum's not a great public speaker. She was terrified, um, but she did such a beautiful job and it brought the house down. And so in that moment, as I was connecting with Tom, I also felt like he was becoming part of me and my family. And then beyond that, where I'm from and the ancestors who have made me who I am. And in Aboriginal culture, you know, getting married and that kinship is incredibly strong and stories of the dreaming, which is overall really powerful in Indigenous culture, but certainly for my family and where we're from, um, some of the things my mum was saying, I just felt, yeah, I've had this sort of profound connection to my mum and then Tom and it just kind of all coming together. Um, It is hard to put into words. Uh, how that feels, but it was very special. And then my father-in-law, ahead of his speech, did a gorgeous acknowledgement of country, which was unexpected. I didn't think he he would do that. He didn't need to do that. But it just, again, it was that symbolic gesture of going, Hannah, you're part of our family now. And with that comes this beautiful culture and heritage that you bring to us um, Mm. because we recognise that we are not that. So yeah, it was just a lovely offering, I guess. Um, and so they were the ways that we were able to um, were able to tie it into the day. And, I mean, I was meant to have a lot of my Darwin family come down for the wedding, but circumstances changed and they weren't able to get there in the end. So, I mean, they also would have been there if they could. So that's kind of how we tried to tie it in, 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 an, in a modern way as well. Yeah. Really beautiful. And that must have been extra special, especially when you couldn't have 
a lot of the family that was meant to be there there. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was that, really nice. <clears throat> we're just looking at photos of that backdrop with you and your mum as well. It looks outstanding. Yeah, what yeah. You look identical to her. <laughs> we you look guys really are very, similar. very yeah. similar. She's beautiful. <laughs> she is beautiful. Mm, yeah, that's gorgeous. right. If I can age like my mum has so gracefully, gosh, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be so happy. Did you guys have any unexpected situations arise? And if you did, how did you navigate this? So I think, and I mean, I hope I'm in good company here for people that are listening, but aside from, you know, the family drama that can happen in the lead up to a wedding, you know, engagement years are pretty emotional. Um, (laughs) One of the logistical things that we had to overcome, I guess, was the Jonah's event liaison. So the person who would be assigned to us for the duration um, of all that planning, they changed not once but twice. So we actually had to go through three sets of hands in the end. And that was at the time really unnerving um, because, you know, we're investing a lot of time and energy in brackets money into (laughs) this day and you're like, oh, my gosh, like I really hope nothing falls through the cracks. Like can they please remember that guest A is vegan or that person's pregnant or are they going to remember that we're actually, you know, we would like this colour. We don't want like you know, the red carpet or something like that. Mm. So you just, there was a little bit of um, uh, a, a few nerves in that space. But to their credit, it was seamless. Um, there didn't seem to be any dropping of the ball, for want of a better better term. No loose carries, Eddie. Uh, and so <laughs> we were, we were like, so confident then, um, particularly in the week or two leading up to it, we just were like, yeah, all the all the T's have been crossed, all the I's have been dotted. Um, and so that was fine. But I could see that starting to send Tom and I, mostly me, into a potential tailspin if we just didn't <laughs> feel super confident because you're just like, oh, my gosh, like we've had to ex- re-explain ourselves three times now and like who we are and what we're after and what the style is and this is the drinks we want and this is the food. Um, but, yeah, they, they did such a great job. So I think, you know, apart from that, we were pretty lucky. Oh, Good. that's but still it's, still a big it's one a to have feeling, to know. Yeah. <clears throat> no. mm. <laughs> um, so you mentioned before that Tommy opted for the black tux, which mm. seemed to just fit perfectly with that venue, your dress. I don't know. It just, <laughs> just seemed to flow. But did he explore any other options? I don't think he did, Ed. Uh, and I checked with him and he was always pretty certain. I mean, look. I'm like, did you watch Skyfall whenever it came out and think that was the suit you were just always going <laughs> to, like you were destined to get married in? I don't know, probably. He didn't um, watch all of the James Bond and just go through <laughs> going, not that one, not that one, that one. <laughs> That's right. I mean, the man has some beautiful suits. So, yeah, you can't blame the blokes for wanting to channel a bit of their, you know, inner JB. Um, Absolutely. But, yeah, it was always going to be something really slick and something he could wear again to friends' weddings, but, you know, something that he, he would separate him on our day from everyone else. We didn't have a bridal party, um, so there wasn't a consideration about what the groomsmen would then wear and then how Tom would differentiate. I know that's like a beautiful trend that some couples like to do. So, yeah, he did have a bit of freedom in that space, but it was always going to be a dark colour. He doesn't wear much black, and I think stylistically sometimes those navy, really rich, beautiful navy tones can be really complimentary and flattering on complexion and on skin. Uh, And certainly for Tom, he wears a lot more, like I suppose, shades of blue in his wardrobe than he does black. So, yeah, the fact that he went for a very, very, very dark blue 
almost black suit um, yeah. sort of re really was authentic to him and his style. He's got a great set of hair, Tommy. <laughs> We're just looking he, at photos. He's a good-looking <laughs> bloke. I mean, you're a gorgeous-looking couple, but, yeah, he's a good-looking guy. Oh, thank you. I tell you what, like we had to laugh because, in you know, in the lead-up to our anniversary, we love, like, getting the photos out and looking back at the video as well, and we joke that we look like two different people because – since the wedding and then in lockdown, like I've cut all of my hair off and Tom has grown you his hair too. out. You yeah. went short, didn't you? Was it, oh my God, did you, was that, that's pretty brave, Han. Like you have gorgeous, gorgeous hair. Like it looks like you can tell that you can do sort of anything with it. But you went really short, didn't you? Really short. Yeah. yeah like proper, like it doesn't even touch my shoulders. And I remember <laughs> when I said to Tommy, I was like, I'm going to cut my hair. and But I was like, don't worry, it's not going to be like super short. Like it'll still like be like, it'll still touch my shoulders. And he's like, yeah, cool. I walk in the door and he's like, oh my, oh my God, <laughs> they've cut all your hair. And I was like, yeah, we got to be carried away. Uh, but I love it. I love it so much. And then I, what I found funny was that we, when we went into lockdown 2.0, being unable to... Um, to get a haircut, he would, he just lent into it and he was like, let's do it. Let's just grow this hair out. So now he's got a killer man bun and he's like a, you know, Bondi Viking walking around. You'll <laughs> 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 need a before and after shots. Totally. Well, I'll have to yeah. send you guys one. <laughs> yeah. If you got that hair that thick and lush you can do whatever yeah, so you you've want, gone <laughs> opposite you've cut your hair short and he's gone really long that's right yeah How between good. us we've still got the same volume of hair for sure because yeah he's blessed in the uh, in the hair department as well he sure is i just wanted to um sorry ed just before you go into your next question i just wanted to touch on the fact that you guys chose not to have bridal parties how come you decided to do that han so when we sat down and thought about what, why we would have them there with us, what we realised was we didn't need people standing up next to us for the ceremony. That was a moment we wanted to keep private or as private as you can, obviously, in front of 70 of your closest family and friends. What we wanted our people there for was to get ready with, certainly on like for me, I wanted the girls in the room with me to get the hair and makeup done. I cherry picked two of my dearest girlfriends to be with me the night before. And then Tom didn't like, you know, he's been in a, he's been a best man and been um, a groomsman for several of his mates and loves every second of it. But when we came down to decide, deciding whether we would do that or not, we kind of made the decision that the day was for us. And we have very special people in our lives that would be there in the room with us for photos and for, you know, celebratory drinks and then at our table. But we didn't necessarily need them to stand up there with us. And we also wanted people to be able to enjoy the day as a guest. Sometimes mm -hmm. it can be a fine line between maybe burdening someone. It's such a privilege and honour to also be included in the bridal party. So we were just trying to find the balance between that. And we asked different friends to do different roles for us on the night. So we had one as like the MC, we had two, but, you know, one from like girls and boys um, and then someone was our witness and those sorts of things. So we were able to sort of spread out the roles without, you know, and I don't know if this is the right word, but without having to sort of attach a hierarchy to it, mm, yes. um, you know, yeah, like, who, like who's going to be the top friends. <laughs> yeah, right. Like who's going to be the best, best man and who's going to do the speech and who's going to do this, that and the other. So, um yeah, yeah, so that's why we landed to kind of just go just the two of us. Yeah, yeah beautiful. Thanks for sharing that, hand because yeah. a lot of people feel obligated that they have to include a yeah. lot of people in bridal parties, Oh, it's oh. especially if you've been in the bridal party for some other people. So mm. it's 
at the forefront at the days about you guys and it's really nice that you guys made that decision together. Yeah. And I think the the way you justified it too is it makes perfect sense. I think it's I think it's it's brave to kind of, you know, approach it that way. So I really like that. Mm. Yeah. And it worked for us. Yeah. yeah. Which is, you know, at the end of the, the day, main you thing. kind of have to keep yeah, yeah, you've got to keep coming back to that touchstone, you know, because with Instagram or Pinterest and, you know, I guess we spoke about it earlier, like those expectations that maybe other people place on you, you know, you just want to make sure that you're doing you you're making your decisions and your choices for what works best for you and not mm. because that's what so-and-so did or that's what you've seen on social media, which can be so tempting because we live in this visual world now in this digital age where all of that stuff is so accessible. So, you know, you can you can make, make your day whatever you want it to be. What do you think was the highlight of your day? The highlight of the day is the entire day from waking up to going to bed at like three o'clock in the morning after Tommy and I had like had a bottle of champagne and some strawberries and just debriefed the night. It would be seeing Tommy at the end of the aisle uh, when I got there. I just it just felt so right and so comfortable and all of the emotion that was swirling around my my heart and my mind and my stomach, mm. um, it all just sort of dissipated and I held his hand and he just calmed me immediately, which is one of his best qualities. Uh, and then his speech later on in the night, he just knocked it out of the park and I felt like the only person in the room and like he was talking directly to me and like, you know, into my soul. And, I mean, that's why... That's why I love him to bits and why we ended up getting married and, you know, living happily ever after so far. So, yeah, I think my highlight anchors around him and his presence there and the energy that that he brought. That's a beautiful answer. I feel like I'm about to get teary just thinking about that. I hope I feel like that on our wedding day. It will. That'll be you guys soon. Hey, Ed, if you want some um, speech tips, I'll have to get Tom to give you a buzz. We can. Seriously, you know what? I've like started accumulating my favorite wedding speeches, and like I can still remember like seven, eight years ago when I was shooting weddings. Yeah, like just the real funny ones. You've always um, come home from weddings, and that's my like that's part of the what day, you talk about. Listening yeah, to the speeches. I actually think. I remember you coming back from Hannah and Tom's and being like, oh, my God, the groom blew it out of the water. <laughs> he will yeah. be so tickled pink. I can't wait to tell him. He'll be so yeah. Um And also when you're touching on, you know, that special moment of coming down the aisle and seeing Tom, it's at any venue, that's a big moment. But I feel like especially Jonah's because people to get a visual, you kind of come down from the top tier. Everyone's down the bottom. You're coming mm. down probably a set of 15 steps or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're probably, you're probably holding your, your dad tight. <laughs> in the railing in Please the other don't hand. drop me, Dad. <laughs> but it's, it's you're like all eyes are like fully on you at that venue. Yeah. Uh, so that would have been a really special moment. It was, yeah, it was cool. And then, I don't know, I, was, I, I remember a moment I was looking at just to the ocean just to connect with a bit of like the land and where we are just to also help like settle me, I think, because when you start looking into the eyes of all of your guests, all those mm. emotions, like when you're <laughs> trying to calm yourself down and you're like, oh, my gosh, Gussie's flown in from San Francisco and he's had no sleep and this person's just had a baby and they're here and, you know, people move heaven and earth to be there for you on that day. And I was like, right, let's find... Let's find some of the ocean just to kind Let's of... find the horizon line. <laughs> That's Yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, and it's so beautiful anyway, so it's not like it's hard to look at. Yeah. yeah. So looking back, Han, is there anything you think you would have changed on your day? We had an amazing day for us, and I'm so glad we stuck to what felt authentic and real and very much sort of in line with what we believe in. And, I mean, gosh, this won't come as any surprise to people that 
have got married, but gee, I wish it went longer. I wish we <laughs> could have had a bit more time. I um, We had a, I think, Ed, I don't know if you remember, but we had a sort of shorter wedding than I think most weddings go for because we could only get into Jonah's for the evening. Um, and, you know, that's what our situation was at the time, um, you know, you can't always afford to hire the whole place out for the entire day. There's still a business that have to run. Um, so I think if we could do it over again, try and find a bit more time in in the day. But I just I don't actually know if that's possible. So I think <laughs> we did everything as best we could. But I just you just want it to to go forever because the love you feel, my goodness, it's it's overwhelming um, and so special to to kind of have it all wash over you and you just bask in it for days afterwards it's this beautiful afterglow and it just yeah it makes the night amazing but it also makes the night fly by because you're having such a great time like I think I went to the bathroom once I was just (laughs) you're just not even thinking about that stuff you're so stimulated by everyone wanting photos and grabbing you and just wanting to say congratulations and like all the good stuff all the best stuff that comes with being a bride and and having a wedding do you have any final words of advice for our unveiled listeners han planning their wedding oh yes i feel like and you know i do have some tips and tricks that i would love to pass on i feel like i try and impart it to my girlfriends um that are on this beautiful journey so the first one would be use the recommended vendors that's what we did uh jonas gave us a list of like a starting point really for us to leap off of and it was such an asset to work with an experienced crew who not only know the location but in several examples Eddie you included have worked together before so you'd Mm. worked with our florist you'd worked with Claire our celebrant you'd also worked at the venue so you knew Jonah's like the back of your hand you also knew that area and what the light would be like at that time of day that time of year and it just made everything really efficient and Tom's big thing, I don't know if you remember, but when we met you, Ed, Tom's like, cool. So um, I don't like having my picture taken, so I would like (laughs) this to be about 15 minutes max. And I was just like, you know, I'm so used to having my photo taken at work and I know how long shoots go for. And I just was like, oh, RIP, Eddie Blake, how how are you going to make this happen? And you did, your team was like, you guys are so good and so efficient. And Tom was Tom was wrapped because we didn't want to leave the party given our wedding was was short. But you know those things like your familiarity and your energy to work with everyone else, but also knowing the venue, it just makes the whole process seamless. And when you've got great people that know each other and can lean on each other and know what to expect when it comes to working with other vendors, I just think that's a really um, great space to be yeah. in. It makes the scary concept or the you know like the big. Everest, um, really like doable, I think, when you're trying to break it down and figure out um, who to pick. So use the recommended vendors, pick your pillars of what's important to you and invest your money there. People aren't going to remember what colour the chairs were or if you pick tea light candles over single stem roses for the table decorations. People remember delicious food, cold drinks and great music. That's not to say those things aren't important if you want a particular style, but I just think if you give Every decision, equal time and consideration. I think you risk falling down the rabbit hole, overspending time and money um, and just, you know, sending yourself around the bend. <laughs> yeah, um, that's so true. <laughs> speeches are the best part of a night. But if your guests oh, can't hear they? the speech, yeah, they are. They but are. if the guests can't hear it, then it's really hard for you to keep their attention. And my point is check the PA system. And I found in Tom and my experience working, sorry, attending weddings in marquees that sometimes can be an area that 
sometimes needs a bit of work uh, depending mm. on what the floor floor is like or where the speakers are but you know I would just encourage couples to kind of give that more than five minutes thought mm. so you can make sure that this beautiful speech that you've crafted and that your family members have crafted everyone can hear in the room because that's what we're all here for at the end of the day we want to listen to all the great stories um, about the bride and the groom um, so true. That's a really good one, yeah, Han, because I think a lot of couples wouldn't even, that wouldn't even be, and I can fully vouch for that too, like previous weddings we've been to where, you know, that's where you lose, guests lose interest and they also start talking and you hear the rumbling up the back of guests chatting and it's like, mm-hmm. no, no, this is the most important part of the night. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. So probably a little tip for that one would be have a chat with your venue but also have a chat with like the DJ or the band or something because mm-hmm. at a lot of venues that I've been to, the the DJ or the band's system is often a lot better than the actual venues. So it's you can do a little bit of testing before the MC sort of gets into their spiel too. Like, all right, what's going to be better for this situation? Yeah, it's really good advice. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. And you guys would know because you would plug into the splitter as well, right? Like, you That's guys right. want to get good audio to capture the speeches. Yeah. So. And, like, I mean, people don't want to tune out, but if you can't hear it and you've had a few drinks and all you can hear are footsteps of the wait staff, you know, bringing out your mates and stuff, it's just, <laughs> you know, it's hard. It's harder yeah. to sort of stay focused and stay tuned, depending on the, the room arrangement as well. If you're going long tables, you need to make sure you can get to the people right at the back. Yeah. Um, in our digital world, invest in a video if you can afford it um, or a way to maybe offset the cost is try and – recoup some of that through the beautiful contributions of a wishing well if you as a couple decide to do that with your guests photos are beautiful but a video captures emotion and energy and you like we have we've always got the killer quotes from the speeches to share with our family forever uh (laughs) which is fun um because it's just nice to sort of relive those memories and then my final tip would be to carve out a wedding window for the planning and what i mean by that is tom and i found it really useful to carve out a time whether it was weekly or fortnightly uh, a time and then stick to it so we would bring our work to the table and what I mean by work is our research and our emails and our quotes and things like that our ideas and that's where we would make a lot of our decisions and we enjoyed it over a glass of champagne to make sure that we were keeping it fun and and still being really excited about it and not overwhelmed by it all Mm. Um, but what we wanted to make sure in our planning process that we just didn't want all of our conversations to end up coming back to the wedding, which is really tempting. And if you want all your conversations to do that, that's awesome. Um, But it just wasn't sort of what Tom and I wanted. We didn't want the engagement year to, I guess, consume us. Um, Mm. And so, you know, we we, wasn't like we couldn't talk about it over dinner, but we just made sure that the big conversations we had, we just wanted to make sure we were carving out the time for it. Because then when you're both working full time, you've got social lives and family stuff going on. You want to both be in the same headspace when you arrive at the table. So you both sit down, you got your beer or your shampoos and you're like, okay, cool. Here's what I'm thinking. Do you like these flowers? What about this you know, time of year? And these are the venues that I've looked up. Here's our budget. You're just on the same page straight away. Um, so I would encourage people to kind of figure out your wedding window fortnightly, weekly, uh, pick a time and stick to it. And I just feel like I feel like you can't go wrong from there because you maintain that excitement and the buzz about the wedding without it then evolving into the land of the chore. 
Fucking great advice, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing and yeah, so true. And, and something we're both sitting other. there looking at each other, going, "Yep, yep, yep." <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Sorry, yeah, I yeah. don't want to. Don't mean to bore you guys. Or no, at all, no, no, no. Just, this is what we learned from it, and I just, yeah, I feel like if someone had told us that, it just would be helpful. Such know? a great way to put it, though, because like anything in life, it's like it can become this all-consuming process, and then it becomes you know it can it can go in a negative direction if it's overdone and overcooked so Mm. I think that's a really nice way to put it and you touched on before Han that um Mm. Claire Belford your celebrant yeah (laughs) one of our favorites we've booked her for our wedding yeah have you oh isn't she the best she's so wonderful she's so genuine and sincere and perfect yeah two perfect words yeah she's just such a great fit and we had so many compliments after our wedding about her and just how gorgeous she was and made everyone feel comfortable and made Tommy feel comfortable and yeah it was really um really special to have her be part of the day and you know she she gets it like capital G capital I like she just knows what the day is about and that doesn't mean it's just cookie cutter you know celebratory duties like she tailors everything to make sure it's perfect for you as a couple and she just had this beautiful soothing voice that I think and maybe it's because I've worked in telly for a while but I was so drawn to that and it just was so calming and when everyone's standing there and the nerves are flying and she starts speaking it's just a beautiful exhale and you're like right I'm in safe hands here we go we're about to get married yeah Yeah, I was gonna say that she does have this and you would know being in media, she just has, she draws people in with the words. I don't know if it's the pause or, or like the, maybe it's just the voice, but it's, we, we actually just automatically just go, yeah, I'm engaged. We had yeah. her on, we interviewed Claire um, on one of our episodes and mm. Eddie actually said those exact words to her. He was like, what is it, your voice or is it the words? There's something about you that just, you're captivating and you're That's like, right. yeah, it's beautiful. The full package. Yep, she really is. Oh, well, thank you so much, Han. Oh, thank you so much, guys, and thank you for having me on. It's such a privilege and an honour to relive all the beautiful memories that we created together and, you know, what you guys are doing. The podcast is so great. It's so clever and powerful and, importantly, it's useful. I feel like from the episodes that I've listened to, because I love listening to it and listening to other people's weddings and some of their, you know, yeah, their trials and tribulations, but also the beautiful moments that stand out, all the funny stories of, you know, like shit going wrong, but (laughs) everyone just like keep rallying. I think it's really special and there's just not something in the market that's like it. So well done to you guys, because I think you're helping a lot of people. It's an incredibly challenging time of your life while it's really exciting no one's planned a wedding until you have to plan a wedding so you go from being total like novice to an expert in the matter of a year or two so it's just nice to be able to share some of um you know some of the learnings to help others it's it's crazy actually how different everyone's experience is hey and enjoy your two-year anniversary at the bond premiere that'll be awesome i can't wait to see a photo of tom in his tux (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh yeah we're really excited i did say to him i was like Dal, that that fits hey like that tuck still fits <laughs> and he's like yes it'll be fine i'm like okay no problem like two years of like a worldwide pandemic i'm sure oh, everyone's yeah. got their war stories from it but definitely. anyway we survived yeah definitely all right thanks Anna. enjoy thanks your so much guys enjoy you too. Thanks, see you Chat guys soon. bye, bye. bye.